Playoffs are officially over. We have crowned a champion. The NHL has successfully gone on their promise to say we will safely crown a champion. The Tampa Bay Lightning, for the first time since 2004, are the world champs. Welcome back to a, another episode of the Odd Man Rush podcast. This is episode 16. Uh, we apologize for the long hiatus. School has been in in effect we've been learning uh on one end from isolation station zero one eight four five is kate and Belint. um me jared in isolation station uh four two zero six nine jared how you doing <laughs> isolation station man yeah. i love my number um, yeah you know me i'm running on fumes right now um Long night last night, but big night. Uh, it, was a, it was a fun playoffs. Um, obviously, we're, we apologize that it's been such a long time, but we're both in college, so we kind of just had things that we need to do. But now we're going to try to be back on top of everything. Obviously, it's kind of funny because, like, we started this podcast talking about the off season, like, things that happened because it caused, and then, like, we did a couple of series, and after that, we just kind of took a break. So now it's kind of funny. We're going to recap Stanley Cup final and then just go straight to the off season again. Kind of funny if you think about it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to just, like, as you mentioned, we're going to kind of give a brief recap of the run. We're going to give a brief recap of Dallas's run, and then we're going to go with a quick around the league. This isn't going to be a very long episode. We have some around the league news about Jack Eichel, Troy Krug, Mark Stahl, and the New York Rangers. Yeah, a lot of around the league stuff when literally the Stanley Cup was just being played. So like, a there's lot. still a lot of things happening while the Cup hasn't even been awarded yet. <laughs> a lot of shocking things that happened, especially on Saturday for me. Mm-hmm. And, but before uh, we do that, but before, we do that, before, before we, do that, we do that, so we have a final to talk about. Yeah, we do. So as we mentioned, the Tampa Bay Lightning have beat the Dallas Stars four games to do, four games to two, and they win the series they win the win the game two nothing in a shutout. In game six, to win their second Stanley Cup in franchise history, this is the first time they've been back in the Stanley Cup final since the 2014-15 season when they ceremoniously lost in game six to the Chicago Blackhawks. And before we get into this, I just want to shoot. I showed you that thing on Twitter about how all the goals, how the goals that were scored for Tampa were almost exactly like the goals scored for Chicago. Yeah, you sent me that, and I was literally shook. That it was, it was interesting, and both games were two nothing shutout. It's it's just weird how everything aligns together. It, it's just weird. It's I don't know what to say. It yeah. was just, I was literally shook. I, I saw it. If you guys haven't seen it, I don't know what the account was, but like Caden sent it to me last night after they won. He's like, "Dude, look at this." Uh, I was literally just like shook. It was very, it was a very interesting little like thing you saw. Mm-hmm. Like I found it pretty cool. Like the 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 if you if you guys don't remember it was one nothing Chicago's up they're on a, they're on like a three on two, and it's just laid up for Patrick Kane on a stick one timer boom same thing with Blake Coleman last night great play by Pat Maroon gives it over to Paul Kett and then Paul Kett finds Blake Coleman on the on the right side and just boom right off his stick and like it was literally yeah. identical like that's how crazy it was so if you. If you want to check it out, check it out on Twitter. I don't know what the account was, but it was insane how 
identical. Both yeah. uh, major goals were. So let's get into the playoff MVP right now. Victor Hedman wins playoff MVP with a uh, almost setting the record 10 goals as a defenseman just in these playoff runs. I'm not sure how many exactly points. All I talk about is the goals, and he played amazing on defense. So I want to get you. Do you think he should have won it, or do you think someone else should have won it? Uh, I'll start with Victor Hedman before I really give my opinion, but he was the anchor. Once Stammer went down, it was Victor Hedman. That's why he wears the A. But then you have uh, Ryan McDonough that stepped up. Kevin Shattenkirk came up with a big speech in the locker room ahead of his game winner in game five. I think I you can look at Braden Point, uh, which I have right here, um, his stat 30, line. 33 points, 13 goals. I think it was 19 assists. 14 goals, 19 assists for 33 points. For me, it was down to him, Braden Point, and Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, Kucherov played well. He was a main force. That first line was disgusting, but – those big, those big three for me were my final three, and I didn't, I wouldn't care who they gave it to. But at the end of the day, Victor Hedman for me is the con Smythe just because he was, he was on the ice through the whole, through every single series they were in. He was, if he wasn't on the ice, then it was always just a big time question mark. But the big, the guys behind him stepped up. But Victor Hedman, he creates the plays. He, he came up with ten goals. You don't see that with defensemen. He's the all-around best defender in the league and he finally gets his credit and he's the motor of this engine that keeps on running and for me I thought it was the right choice for him to win Smythe. 11 seasons for Victor Hedman that he played in his first Stanley Cup. It's big. Uh, I thought that going into this cup final no matter who wins a defenseman was winning the Smythe. Mm -hmm. I always thought it was going to be a defenseman whether Tampa won it was going to be Hedman or if Dallas won, it was going to be Miro Heiskanen. Because you got to give props to Heiskanen. He was fantastic. Yeah. He was lights out. No, yeah. He might not score the goals, but he was on there for the big defensive positioning, the big defensive play that Dallas made to continue this long run. Mm-hmm. I never saw it going to Kucherov. Never saw it going to Kucherov. I thought the only other bolt to even challenge him for it was Bread Point. Absolutely. And I don't no offense to you. I don't think Vaga deserved it. He was he was he was lights out. I, I wouldn't say that he didn't deserve it. He Bassie, didn't deserve it, but he was Bassie he was, out. was six and zero going into games where they had lost the previous night, and now he he ended it with seven and zero. So he was a he was a one, if I remember correctly from the stat you sent me, he was a one forty one goals against and a nine forty save percentage. He he kept them in all these series. Yeah. There, were, there were games where Tampa was just being outplayed, but if it wasn't for Vassy, they may not get to this point. Yeah. But just a quick point I wanted to make on, uh, no pun intended, on Braden Point. <laughs> um, I know, I, I realize that. I'm just like, yeah. oh my God. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he came up, he was so clutch this postseason run. It just seemed like he was in the right spot at the right time. The, the goal that to break the ice last night against Kudobin thought he had the puck and it just rebounds off his chest and just most players don't follow their shot like that they kind of just hope for like a cool little deflection from someone else he followed his shot and he got the wide open net like he always came up clutch when we needed him to in the overtime game uh, five overtime game against Columbus who scored the game winning goal he did he was just a man on a mission and 
he got hurt during the Islanders series, and that's what really concerned me. I thought we, he would be, he was going to lose his pep in his step. Like I thought he may have been done, or he was going to lose all that momentum that he had been riding throughout these playoffs, and didn't skip a beat. He was dangerous, and that top line deserves all the credit, and so does the third line as well. But Braden Point or Victor Hedman or Vassy for me, and it didn't really matter who won because at the end of the day, you're raising the cup. That's Great. that's all that comes down to. Braden Point really stood up for a the spot that Steven Stamkos would have taken up. Let's mm-hmm. not forget Steven Stamkos, 45 seconds of ice time, one goal, and you're the Stanley Cup champion. Insane. Yeah. Only Steven Stamkos could do that because it's just, it just shows how loved he is in that locker room and by the organization that – Especially with how much time he played. Especially with how much time he played, they still let him get the cup first when you could argue that Hedman deserved the raise it first. Just – he just the way when he scored the goal and the bench went crazy you just knew that he's beloved by his teammates you can now cross steven stamkos off of that list of players that need to win a cup he is now off i know that's gonna pain caden a little bit because we know who's up top of that list but that's a story for another day but um you can now check out the story today (laughs) um so a quick recap of the Stanley Cup front. So they win the first series over the Blue Jackets. I think it was three one, a four one. Four one, but that's that's the series. Wait, actually, that's, no, I think it was yeah, it was four one. That that was that was the series that I think started this whole thing. If they lose like five overtime, game one game, a lot of doubt starts to creep in that like, can we beat this team? Can we still play with them? That was a big series win. So that's basically what I think from that series on, obviously, I think is what really jolted the Stanley Cup run. Uh, in round two, they beat out the Boston Bruins. I think it was 4-2? 4-2. And then they beat out the New York Islanders in 4-2. 4-2. And then again, 4-2. So they, they didn't go past six games. Just, just want to touch up on the Bruins series. Bruins were obviously not – they just – they weren't themselves. They weren't Bruins fast enough. Did not look, Bruins did not look like they were enthused in, the in those They games. They were outmatched, and you knew without Tuca that was going to catch up to them sooner rather than later. And Tampa just used their speed and outskated Boston that series. That, Halak uh, did do the most he could to keep that team in, like, where they were. I mean, he did steal them two games. Mm-hmm. But still, when you're, when you're relying on your – a backup goaltender who was a starter for some years in for the Islanders and for the Canadians as well, but but there was just no way that he doesn't. Um, there was no way that they didn't beat that 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 Tampa team. That Tampa team was like you mentioned before, and you keep saying it. The revenge tour. They were on a revenge tour. Mm-hmm. They were out to exercise the demons that they had last year and the year before that and the year before that. They were the laughing stock of the league since uh, Washington and then St. Louis won the cup. And now they're no longer considered to be the laughing stock. Yeah. And I view I viewed the Islanders series differently than I viewed Columbus and Boston series. I viewed that series as you gotta be Barry Trotz. Yeah. It's because he he it's Islanders series, fun, not Boston it, series. What? Islanders, not I said the I said the Islanders. <laughs> um, I, I was saying that I view the Islanders series differently from Columbus oh. and Boston because you have to beat Barry Trotz. In that series, you just beat in the in the Boston series and in the Columbus series, you outplayed them. But mm-hmm. in the in the Islanders series, you outcoached them. 
you out coach you had to out i'm like see this is why this is why we're doing this because you had to out coach barry trotz and that's kind of you could say the same argument about columbus with uh torts but barry trotz and my one of the best coaches in the league today and john torella mm-hmm. yeah they like trotz and torella are basically the same coaches they they play from the they use their defense from the back up uh, I've been saying this since the day we started this podcast. Like the Islanders and Columbus are the two teams where they get their defense. They just they know how to lock down leads. And Tampa had to outcoach them. They they played to what I, the Islanders were giving them, and they took advantage. And the only thing that I was concerned about was it took them forever to wrap them up. Yeah. And obviously, you can credit that to the Islanders because they weren't just going to give up in the moment. There, I'll give them like that's where credits do. Like they didn't give up, but. Once you could figure out Trotz's game plan, uh, they looked well. They played well. But um, I always just have that concern with Tampa because they can't seem to wrap up teams when you feel like they could. Like, I felt that way going into last night's game. Like, I felt if they lost that game, they're losing the series yeah. because just where are you going to grab this momentum? There's no fans. You're not at home. Where are you going to yeah. get that momentum from? But now to the Stanley Cup final quickly. That's probably the best game you could have played. Most perfect game I've ever seen the Lightning play in a long time. Vasilevsky played on his head. Got a shutout, and now that shutout made some, is, made some big saves. Made some huge saves, and now that one when he was falling down, yes, it, yes, and it, it didn't was. even count. Didn't even count. It wasn't like, even count. But yes, but then like that was that was kind of like your hopey save yeah. on Vegas. Like uh, he's also he's also making pucks well. Like there were shots where he was completely didn't see, and he like just had to rely on his blockers. Like it's like he's a, it, it seems like he's a puck magnet. It seemed like the puck just like followed him to the like to the shot. It just followed him right like to exactly him. Like it doesn't look like it was even going in. Like in even through the first two periods, it was like Dallas didn't even want to be there. Dallas was like, okay, yeah, we'll just come back in the third period and win. Like you did, you had eight shots going into the last period. And then the third line, along with Victor Hedman, those the third line guys of Yanni Gord, Barclay Goudreau, and Blake Coleman. They were the engine alongside Victor Hedman. Outside the, the first line, third line, they're just scrappy, scrappy bunch of players. They, they, their stats don't show up in the stat line sheet at the end of the game. It just doesn't. But they do things that you can't keep track of. They, get, they start fights. They get under players' skins. They, they play tough. Round, every round they play tough. And they go up against the top lines on each team. They shut down the Sagan, Ben, Radulov line. I know uh, – Coach Bonus flipped uh, Radulov up and down, same with Sagan. But when they were together, they shut him down. So yeah. I was very pleased from what I saw from this Lightning team, this run. They showed that they they took – they used the adversity that they went through last year, used it as bulletin board material, and now they're the last one standing. So yeah, unbelievable run. Uh, props to the NHL for getting this done, keeping all the players safe. And no, no positive tests for over, I think, 30,000 tests administered. Exactly. Like, incredible, incredible job. So, stick taps to them, man. And let's talk about Dallas now. Because... Well, before that, there's three, there's three people. Ryan McDonough's a Stanley Cup champion. Oh, yeah, you're a Ranger, so here you go. Kevin Shackler's a Stanley Cup champion. But most importantly... Alexander Volkov is a Stanley Cup champion. That's the other thing, too. John Cooper John Cooper did a lot of line changes, going 11-D men, going 7-forwards, or changing it up, going 11-forwards, 7-D guy. Like, it all, it all depends on, like, how you can view things. 
he made his changes so well. Yeah. Uh, there were there were there were changes where I kind of questioned a little bit, but then it just showed me like okay. I didn't even think Volkov was getting in the series. I didn't. And I think he's going to be a great player for this team going forward. I thought, like, Verhage was going to get in there because he's the one that was actually getting those minutes when Stamkos was out. Getting rid of uh, Bogosian for the couple of games, going uh, going uh, Ruta there, I thought that was a good thing because I thought Bogosian was kind of struggling later on in the series. But then he comes back game six last night, and he plays great. Shuts down, yeah. shuts down the, the offense of Dallas. So, John Cooper – and his coaching staff, big props to them too. They came up with big uh, coaching decisions and they capitalized on it. So yeah. Um. So I think before we go to Dallas, I think you had a special message for all the fans that you wanted to say. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. So I haven't said this in a while. So everyone get close to however get get close to your phone. Get however however you get our podcast. Uh, Just get, get close. close because um, last night. Again, I'm a Lightning fan, so just big-time emotions and searching through Twitter. And just – if you guys don't know, if you haven't been to Amway Arena where the Lightning play in Tampa, there's outside the arena. It's called Thunder Alley. And it was jam-packed. It was crazy. Fans would literally went through uh, gates just to get into Thunder Alley to celebrate. So to all the people that say Tampa is not a hockey town, go to Twitter, look on like the Tampa Bay Times Twitter, look at, just look up uh, Thunder Alley, Tampa Bay Lightning celebrations. It was packed. So again, for the people that think Tampa is not a, it's not a hockey town. They literally proved you wrong last night. It was insanely crowded and people were going wild and, those are my people, man. Those are my people. <laughs> I just hope they stay safe. I just hope they stay safe. No, obviously, yeah. Obviously, they stayed safe. Obviously, with these times, it may sound bad that I'm saying this, but, like, I, it was great to see that the fans came out and went crazy. Yeah. And one last thing for this. Obviously, the Lightning are in their own big-time uh, cap crunch, and everyone is right now just with the where the cap situation is. But if I'm a free agent, and I just saw what the Lightning just did. If you're always hesitant about signing in Tampa, now's the time. Future is still bright, even with this cap crunch. You still got prime players. And the fans doing what they did last night just shows that they care about this hockey team in this town. And it, it, to me, it's just an, yeah. eye, it's an eye-opener for free agents if they're looking to sign in Tampa, if Tampa's interested in them. So that's yeah, yeah. my message for you guys again hopefully they all stay safe but like come on i was very it was actually very exciting to see them take over thunder alley like that so tampa's a freaking hockey town so now let's go to dallas uh first of all it, i don't even know what went wrong with that team like they did not look motivated in most of the games number one they only played gritty they, if they didn't play gritty in game in game five, they're not winning the cup there. They're not they're not winning that game there. And Tampa takes a couple in game five. I got flashbacks from the regular season where they couldn't score. They, there were times where they had one shot on goal and Tampa had like twenty. And now, I just got flashbacks from the regular season. That's and even qualifying like round. Said, this team could not score a goal, and they go off in the regular in the uh, playoffs. And Kudobin's back, stopping them to a Stanley Cup final. And then now they can't score goals. Like, they can barely take shots because they're not shooting the puck. I just got flashbacks from the regular season, and 
they you can play tough all you want, but a fast team like Dallas and a fast team like Tampa, they're going to figure each other out. And yeah. Tampa just realized that they couldn't get any shots on that against their defense and get anything past Vassy. The only times they really scored goals was when it was the juicy rebounds. Yeah. Like the feisty ones. Otherwise, you didn't really see like a clear shot from the blue line from like Hiskinen or Klingberg. Yeah. It just it got, it gave me big time flashbacks from the regular season. And you can't obviously have that happen when you're in the biggest stage. Yeah. Um, so where do they go from here? I think, first of all, Dennis Duryanov was a bright spot on this team, this, this postseason run. So he's going to get paid. He's on a, he's on going into contract here. Uh, Yoel Curivanta, he, he came out of nowhere. He was amazing. Miro Heiskanen, Wow. Miro Heiskanen was just amazing. Kid can uh, skate. <laughs> kid can skate, and he's a big body too. You uh, got, you got. I'll say this: that you got to feel for the uh, the stars because you sacrificed so much going into this tournament. You know that you're you're going to be away from your family for months, and some of these guys have a wife and kids, so like it, it hits home. I'm sure it did. To fall short like that. When you know you gave up three months for this goal and you come up short, gotta be killer. Did you see Ben's uh, Ben's interview? I was about to say that Ben's postseason, his um, post game interview was just him not being able to talk. Like if if I wouldn't even blame him if he said like I can't do this and he walks up and leaves. Like, uh, like if you remember Torrell did the same thing when the Blue Jackets lost and he's like I can't do this, I gotta go. Many people fine. If I was Ben, I would take the fine because I don't even want to talk to these, these people who are asking no offense to these reporters who's not great questions. Like you know what he's feeling because he's not talking to you. And you, you like, know what? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a uh, reporter or anything, so I can't say those are dumb questions or not. But from a fan standpoint, these weren't the smartest questions because they're asking, "Oh well, uh, you know, how do you feel?" And he's just he, he's yeah, at, yeah. like. You know how he feels because you ask it every year, and every every year is the same answer. It's not fun. You lose in the Stanley Cup final, and kind of to me, it looked like your team didn't even look like they were. Their team didn't even look like they were like motivated. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was they didn't even look motivated. And then he was like, "Oh yeah," and they basically asked they all three of the reporters asked him the same questions like, "Where do you go from here? How do you feel? How do you feel? Where do you go from here?" Ask something better than that. Like, do you want to stay? Do you want to stay? Like, I don't even know what question I'd ask not a reporter, but like, those are not the greatest questions to ask him. When you ask these questions every year to the same players who lose it, every year they're going to ask the same questions. Like, Boston, they have same question to Boston last year when they lost. So how do you feel? It's a little different, though. It's a little different because Boston every, lost. Every team is different. Like, they weren't sacrificing three months to be alone to try to get a cup. Yeah. They, they could still go home. So that's why, to me, for the people that think the Lightning uh, Stanley Cup win is has an actual chance to it, absolutely not. Let's this, just, was argue, this was arguably the toughest cup you could ever win. The sacrifices you, they had to make. Obviously, they're not the biggest sacrifices that, like, our men and women do for when they fight for this country. Obviously, that's completely different. But it's still a major, t- major sacrifice to them. They're, a lot of them just had, like, Blake Coleman. He just had his daughter born, like, a couple months yeah. ago. He's now like seven months old now, or something like that. I don't know, something like that. I'm just spitballing a number, but like he missed all those times where she's like all those family moments that like that you want to see when you have a newborn. So that's why, to me, when you're locked up like that in a bubble, and they had to go to two bubbles, they started in Toronto, then went to Edmonton. They sacrificed a lot, so that's when I think you saw a lot of the pure emotion last night when they won, and you saw the pure yeah. emotion from from Dallas when they lost. 
they gave up a lot. They sacrificed a lot. And that's what, that's the consequences. What happened. You mentioned people saying it could be an asterisk. This comes from Damian Cox last night after Tampa went to Stanley Cup. He is a, he's a Toronto uh, sports like ex- expert. Not as difficult to win a cup when there's no road games, no travel. So it's difficult to win it all. Tampa gave out their sweat and blood to make this happen. But let's not compare bubble hockey with the real thing. You're, it was difficult because you're literally away from your family for so long. And then Barclay Goodrow retweeted this and said, you try going, you try going through everything, we, what we went through, not seeing a family for months, living in a hotel for 60 plus days, 24 teams that had a chance, no home advantage for either team, but hey, say what you want. Go, go off Barclay Goodrow because you deserve it. No, and then I just tweeted, I quote, tweeted, you can follow me on Twitter on JaredM24 underscore. I just said I was expecting these tweets. Like, I was ready for them. Like, and it's then, just. And it's so true that if, if, according to him, if Toronto wins the Stanley Cup, it's the greatest achievement. Again, not, uh, not according to him, but like we said, I saw this in a lot of comment sections from that tweet. If Toronto Maple Leafs had won the Cup, it would be a completely different story. Completely different. And he'd be like, oh, this is the greatest achievement in the history. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say with people with that. You can have your opinion, but I... Your opinion is dumb. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Your opinion is stupid. Um, so... But we'd be crazy, though. I, I want to ask you. I'd be crazy without asking you this. What do you think of Kudobin, Kudobin this whole playoff round? These whole, these whole series because he literally put the, put the team on his back because there were times where he didn't get enough scoring opportunities. With yeah. um, so he was amazing. Uh, he's going to ask for some big bucks this offseason. But now this is the big thing. Uh, and I said this in my, uh, to my, uh, like in my, my group discussion for classes. We have a sports discussion for Slack. Shout out to Merrimack uh, Sports Management class. <laughs> Um, you gave up Aaron. your isolate sensation, bro. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Aaron Mansfield, the best wrestler in the world. Um, we talk about this, and I said that, especially going on this back-to-back, I don't think that Kudobin should be starting because he's had a rough, he's had a rough like couple of games in this playoff series. Like I, I said, you should have started Jake Ottinger because then you could really. Make, I thought you should have started Jake Ottinger. I've, I've seen this with the Rangers. I've seen this with a lot of teams. That if you're putting an unexperienced goaltender in, you're going to play a lot more tough in front of him. Well, when you're playing with an experienced goaltender who is a starter in many places, or who's been just a, been just a quality starter for you this whole season, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, he's got it. So we're going to last off. But that's what I thought. But, you know, it, it's just a... Hey. Uh, again, props to him. He played really well when when he he stepped up. Um, but no, it just it so, leaves you thinking like, what was Ben Bishop out with? Like, yeah, because I don't think it was a guarantee more than hope because they would have said we had a positive test and you can say we have to bring over. But it maybe it was a hamstring injury because they both were maybe the eight groin groin injury because they wouldn't they wouldn't specify whether it was an injury or not. They only say you're unfit. Play. They did that for everybody, not just with Ben Bishop. He did it with everybody, mm-hmm. like with Igor in the first two games of the uh, playoff run for the for the Rangers. Uh, Igor is unfit to play, so we're starting Blumquist. 
I thought maybe after game four, they may turn to Bishop, but then they still said he was unfit to play. Yeah. That was going to be the time, game five, that he was going to play. I, I, I was just saying the same thing with, um, like, I don't know if you continue with, with Kudobin, who's not been fantastic in the cup final, who has not been great in the cup final. He's been letting up these easy goals. And I just wonder if Jake Ottinger was in that, maybe it'd be a little different. And I didn't know if you knew, if you knew, but the Stars going into last night had nine comeback wins in the playoffs. You yeah. just can't do that against Tampa. They're too good. They're not. They're not like the other teams that they played in the Western Conference. Because the East was a different monster this whole year. I felt like no matter what, a team from the East winning the Stanley Cup. I, I, I and it's weird to say I wanted Colorado to win, mm-hmm. but I just I had a feeling that it was going to be a team from the East. And I said, I, like I said, I wanted Colorado to win because Nathan McKinnon deserves Nathan McKinnon deserves the Stanley Cup, but just the way that the East was playing, the way that East was at each other's throats every game, you just knew that something got, something had to give. Yeah. And it gave in favor of Champa just pulling out the more grittiness, the more like heart in the sport, and just pushing, pulling out everything they had to push Dallas to the brink of elimination to then eliminate them. And it could, it could be, an, it's like, it's an eyewash type of stat is like what I like, kind of like to call it because like, it just shows that you're, you're losing a lot. Like yeah, yeah. comebacks cool. Like, don't get me wrong. They're cool. If, if they capped off that with a cup, then no one would be talking about it. Like, yeah. they'd be like, they'd be like, that's kind of amazing. Comeback kids. But like nine comebacks. It's like, not, wow. it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> not no. good. So before we end up the show tonight, today, tonight, today, um, <laughs> I, Want to go a quick around the league? We, I know how can we not? How, it's it's we, a staple on our start, show. We usually start with around the league, but today it just seems right to end with it. So we have I have four on the league things to talk about. So first of all, the Jack Eichel trade rumors, or just the Jack Eichel rumors in general. Yeah. So yesterday, oh boy, if you guys don't know, yesterday rumors from Bob McKenzie was doing some inf- uh, supply information. Answering, he was answering calls and his surprise that there was Jack Eichel talk about a trade. I'll start because then I'll let you get into it with the Rangers aspect of it. Uh, Rangers called apparently. They called, they have a lot of ammo. They have a lot of draft pick ammo that they could send Buffalo's way. But a lot of things that I've been reading is that Eichel wants to stay in Buffalo, but he's just frustrated with all the losing. So he's open up. He's, he'd be open for a trade if it would work out for, for both sides. I personally think Buffalo should cash in on him now. I agree. They're not close to winning at all. You can They're not tra- even close. Like, they they try to find the pieces to put around him. You can try to sell me on, on like young pieces that they have. I, I, wouldn't, I would try to move on to them. And I, obviously, the, uh, Buffalo fans don't want to hear that. But like, cash in on your guy before – you know down the line you're not going to get enough for him. Yeah. Obviously, they, they re-signed him, so you don't have to worry about him walking anywhere. But it might be a tough pill to swallow to send him to one of your arch rivals in the Rangers. But, hey, ask for that first overall pick. If I'm the Rangers, hell, I do it. You get a, you get a solidified player in Jack Eichel. You don't know what you're going to get from Alexis Lafreniere. He played in a league where everyone scored 50 goals. So yeah. I'd definitely do that. I'd throw in – uh, 22 if you want. And I'll even give you Kratzoff. I know that's a lot, but the Rangers, they kind of proved to me that they have a team here. They have a team. Yeah, they do. If they have $20 million now in cap space because of trading Mark Stahl, which we'll get into that as well. You got pieces here. 
And then you can go re-sign Strom or D'Angelo, whoever you prefer. You got pieces here. And if you had, if you had Eichel here, add a bring up to the first line. Keep Panarin on the second line. That's a deep team. Eichel and Zabinajad? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And figure something out with Hank. Because then if you can figure something out with Hank, there goes more money off the books. I'm telling you, Alexis Lafreniere, he can be great. He can be great. But it's going to be growing pains with him. If you get Jack Eichel, there's going to be no growing pains. You know what he is. The only growing pains it's going to be is if can he handle the bright lights of Madison Square Garden and the New York Rangers fan base and the media. I'm telling you, a lot of Rangers fans will probably kill me after hearing this, but I would entertain, entertain trading the first overall pick for Jack Eichel. I would enter, I would, I would, I would take offers on it if it involves Jack Eichel, maybe their eighth overall pick, but considering I wouldn't take it, I'd have to keep their eighth overall pick and be like, okay, hey, we'll give you 22. We'll give you a 2021 next year. Unprotected. So if we're out of the playoffs or if we're in the playoffs, no matter what, you're getting our first pick, first round pick. We're going to crack ourselves. That's another first, that's basically another first round pick. He picked eighth overall or ninth overall. That's basically a first round pick. After that, I'll toss him these Anderson. He wants out. He said he wants out. And maybe in Buffalo, he could have a brand new, um, like, resurgence. He, he hasn't, he's not been right under the bright lights. Maybe he goes to Buffalo under the, under, like, less pressure. So he'll thrive there. That's four first round picks. And then you toss in possibly like a Strom. Or you toss in like a, or trying to think of pieces to toss in. Maybe even Mills Lindquist. Like you mentioned Strom, you could toss in his, his negotiating rights. So you yeah. could toss that in. So, but there's that. I, I would love to see Jack go in the New York Rangers, but I'm just curious as to what it would take. Now. Again, would you, okay, if my scenario happened and you gave up the first overall pick, would you be upset? I've been I've been watching Lafreniere. I've been I've been studying Lafreniere for a while. I I just I just I think again having the first overall picks cool and all, but it I I don't I don't see like an instant impact guy like a Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon would be. You'd get an instant impact player in Jack Eichel. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, there's there's both interesting things, but. And and the Quinn and the Eichel thing there. there yeah. There's some love there. Again, yeah. obviously, that didn't work with Shattenkirk because everyone said the same thing. But yeah. two different players, obviously. Two yeah. different Defensive things. compared to a, to a star forward. Yeah. So to the, to the face of the franchise in Buffalo. Again, Rangers fans can call me crazy, but I'd do that in a heartbeat. Well, we continue to wait. Um, before we mention anything about uh, Tory Krug and Mark Stahl, I want to mention that the draft is October 6th. For the first round in October 7th through Toronto 57. Uh, we will try and get a show out for our draft picks and who we think is going to go where. Mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the local draft expert, so it'll be mainly me giving my, my picks. But, but anyway. that draft time, that's the time to look for tr- look at trades because yes. you see a lot of big moving going in and out of there. And like Eichel's name could pop up, Patrick Wine is. So there's definitely guys to keep an eye out during draft week. Matt Dumba, so. My Dumba. All right. So next, Tory Krug. Is he on the move? Is he is he out of Boston? I think so. I, I think, think so too. I think it's a matter of time. Boston knows they got Brendan Carlo that they can replace him with. Uh, say their latest offer was six or six point five million. I think that's going to be their 
their line in the sand saying, this is how much we're willing to give you. If you don't want that, we're going to move on from you. And I think they're going to have suitors. You got, you need Florida needs a guy now. Detroit. Um, uh, Detroit has, Detroit has always been linked to Tory Krug. He went to Michigan state and that's his hometown. So, you know, that there's, there'd be some uh, interest there. So at the end of the day, uh, I loved Tory Krug when he was on the, when he was, when he was with the Bruins, um, could he still resign? Sure, but I think you could replace Tory Krug. He's not a guy that's going to wow you with major talent, but he's always been a leader. He's always been a good player on the ice. But he's got, but he's got a lot of talent, but like compared to like, he's not yeah. one of those guys that you're lining up to like pay to, to like Roman Yossi, Victor yeah. Hedman. Like you could even go, like you could like. I'd probably put him at the bottom of like tier two of top defenders, maybe. I think that's a little bit generous. I really do. I put him in the I put him in the middle of tier two. Like the third, third tier, maybe. I'd put like him there's in the there's a top tier like Roman Yossi, Victor Hedman, John Carlson. In the there's top tier, there's a second tier of like guys like Ryan Ellis or like uh, at some point Charlie McAvoy, uh, Ryan McDonough. Just yeah. Uh, Honestly, those on our top tiers right now, but we're just like stood up. Yeah, we're, I'm just like off top of my head, and like in a third tier could be uh, Hedman. So um, it's, I it's, think it's, if, if I, you're Boston, you just you try to see what you get from them because I draw the line to stand at six years, six point five because you still have to pay other guys too. Yeah, so. you, you got guys to pay, and uh, then Dan Chara said that he wants back, and you don't know that maybe if it's like it's just like the. The knowing that Charles is like your guy for so long that you just bring him back and on a boy, like it's kind of like a boys club thing where like oh yeah we should keep uh we can we can only sign one of these guys but like Charles giving us so much more so we're just gonna sign Chara it could be like that it's interesting yeah can I have the last piece of the day on Saturday before literally before game five the New York Rangers have traded long-term defenseman Mark Stahl and his full contract of $5.7 million and a second-round pick in next year's draft to the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for future considerations. It's not even a name player. I'd be happy with a bag of pucks. I would be gone. <laughs> Poor Mark Stahl. Uh, uh, well, pre-eye injury, pre-eye injury, Mark Stahl was one of the league's best defensemen in locking down everybody. He was one of the league's best defensive defensemen. He was always locking down. He was always sent out there against the big guys with Ryan McDonough. And he just got injured and just got injured. And the more he got injured, the less the worse he got. And it was just sad to see that happen. And it's sad to see him go. And it's sad to see him in a Red Wings jersey. But you know what? Given that 5.7 offered books and now having money to sign guys like Tony D'Angelo or Ryan Strome, that's good. I think he gets D'Angelo. Easily gets D'Angelo. I thought it was funny that the night it went down because um, I tried to find it on my Twitter. I just retweet too much stuff. But <laughs> someone, um, I think it was from The Athletic, a guy that I love, enjoy reading. He goes, oh, this is just Steve Eiserman all over again. Like, this is just Steve Eiserman stealing headlines. His team that he he has his fingerprints on for the most part, and Lightning had a chance the other night, up 3-1, to win the cup. So Eiserman is bringing in a guy in picks that he's known that he's he's a, he's a good drafter. He's a really good drafter. Uh, you can look at the Bolts roster and just notice how good of a drafter is. Like, that's just Steve Eiserman for yeah. you. He's going to bring in these picks. He's going to bring – like, this reminds me of bringing in Dan Girardi when he was uh, with the Lightning. 
just bringing guys for now that you know that you're not going to win with, but just to solidify a spot that you need, and you get the attack. And, and, and when you get the learning, like, you're going to want the sick overall pick last year and more excited to play a lot this year. Yeah. And stalk and teach him. Yeah. So and then for don't me, forget that Detroit has the fourth overall pick this year. And after the third top three pick, which is going to be last one year, Stifler and Blackfield, and last one year, Blackfield, Stifler, it's got to, you have so much position to take. I think that Detroit is the best player available. We'll get that my draft pick. I think they take Rossi or Raymond. I'm high on Raymond, less on Rossi. Yeah, and for me, it was just a nice room move. Uh, he's he's going to build this from the, from the bottom up, and he'll have them being contenders pretty soon. And then just for the Rangers aspect, again, it clears up $20 million. Now you got now you got money to uh, give to Tony D'Angelo or Ryan Stromer, maybe both, or maybe an RFA, maybe Barzell. Kills me to say, maybe, maybe Sorelli. Maybe Anthony, maybe, yeah, maybe Aubrey Barzell, maybe Aubrey Anthony Sorelli. Put Tampa, put the Islanders in that tough position. I was, I'm glad you said that. Put them in that tough position. Are you going to match it or are you going to take the picks? Yeah. So Rangers are in a good spot. And that's why, Very good spot. for me, for me, that's why I say, go get freaking Eichel. Go get him. Go get him. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to mention is Henrik Lundqvist. Before we end of the show, rumors that he can be bought out, that he played his last game as a New York Ranger. Uh, my heart hurts, Jared. I'm sorry, but I don't want this to happen. It's it's, it's time. It's time, but also I don't want this to happen. He was picked in the seventh round in 2000, with like it was like 205 overall, 207 overall. He's just been here forever. Think about and it I, in a greedy way. Hopefully he retires, or just hopefully you can buy him out. Maybe someone, maybe someone takes a trade. The trades for him takes the whole contract. You attach a pick to him like you did stall. And I don't know what his – I forget what his contract is. but 8.5 million. Add that to the 20 million, bro. 28.5. Think about – again, again, I can't stress this enough, though. It's a flat cap going into the offseason. So, it's still going to give you – keep you uh, handcuffed a little bit. But that's money to spend down the line, too. Yeah, entertain so, those deals. Entertain those deals. You got, Like I said, yep. Tons of ammo with draft picks. Tons. Yeah. Tons. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we want to thank you all for joining us for a long, oh, baby, a long-awaited show, a long-awaited show. Uh, as we mentioned, this is episode sixteen of the Odd Man Rush podcast. Uh, from Jared. Jared, your Twitter handle is. Uh, I'm Jared M twenty four underscore on Twitter. And for me, I'm the Lint underscore Caden. And you can follow the Odd Man Rush podcast at the underscore Odd Man Rush underscore. And from Isolation Station 1 to Isolation Station 2, Jared, enjoy the rest of your day. Sign off. Peace out, everybody.